0: Hello and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. Today, I'm interviewing leadership expert and motivational speaker, Chris Robinson, and we'll be talking about how to develop the leader within you. Chris is a part of the John Maxwell team and is a certified coach coach teacher and speaker that works with individuals and organizations looking to increase their impact and expand their influence. In this interview, Chris and I talk about the definition of leadership, what it is and what it isn't, some of the biggest mistakes many leaders make and how to correct them, why the world is in a crisis of good leadership and what we can do about it, what unique characteristics set women apart as leaders from men, and why we need more women to lead and how to discover and develop the leader within you. This conversation full of life-changing insights will leave you feeling empowered, enriched, and ready to increase your personal influence. Enjoy the interview. All right. Today I'm joined in the studio with one of my friends, Mr. Chris Robinson, leadership expert and speaker and he's gonna knock the socks off you today. I am positive of that. Welcome, Chris.
1: Hey, Jeremy. Glad to be here today with you, man. I'm so
0: happy (laughs) you're able to do this with me and uh, really looking forward to being able to share with the audience today about how leadership is really a function of how all of us can grow into who we really are.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. It's at the foundation of everything is, is becoming the best leader that you can possibly be. And we'll talk more about it here in just a little bit, but really shifting to what that means and what that looks like and how can we become just a better version of us by using leadership and leadership principles to get there.
0: Man, absolutely. So, uh, you know, being that this is an inspirational interview, and I want to know a little bit more about you, and so does my audience, (laughs) um, I think one of the first things I want to know is when did you first realize that you were a leader?
1: Yeah, well, when I first realized that, it had to be very early on. Uh, You know, it was one of those things where I was always a part of sports teams growing up, and... You know I always excelled as an athlete, and so that afforded me opportunities to begin to lead but I, I never really stepped up or wanted to accept that leadership role you know as a young young child and as a young teenager, you know because of the responsibility that came along with it, you know what that look like you know if if the team lost, that was on my shoulders if the team won, you know that was on my shoulders, and so I oftentimes scurried away from the opportunity even though I had the influence on the teams very early on. So I recognized it very early then, uh, but then that progressed and I stepped into it many years later.
0: Yeah. So talk about how you stepped into it now that you're, you know, you're, you're in John Maxwell's team, you know, leadership expert guru, the guys everywhere, you know, you can't miss a a bookshelf without (laughs) them. Right. Right. And uh, I I got plenty on my shelf right here. (laughs) So, and in fact, maybe you should know this and you give an idea what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, But, the first time, I remember it like it was yesterday. The first time that I was called a leader, mm-hmm. someone saw it in me before I saw it in myself. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a pastor actually, and he came up to me uh, after a service one day, and he said, "Hey, I've been watching you. I, I really, you know, appreciate the way you show up, and I just you have a certain type of presence. I'd like to give you a book." And you know what he gave me, the twenty-one law of leadership, (laughs) and it was the first time I had any touch with you know John Maxwell, but also any any time anyone had ever said, "Hey, you're a leader, and you need to develop into your best version of yourself."
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal, and that's a great great opportunity that you had. You know, I, I think that I fall on the other side of things where, you know, I was always looking for that person to come tell me, "Hey." I believe in you as a leader, Mm -hmm. specifically, and that that opportunity never came for me. Uh, Now, how it did come in the form was in forms of opportunities for more responsibility. So oftentimes, people are saying, hey, I believe in you as a leader, but they may never say that. But they may give you opportunities to showcase yourself as a leader. And you've got to recognize those opportunities. What do those opportunities look like? They look like work. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's what it is. And, you know, they're saying, I, I want to trust you with more of this. And this is your opportunity. And if you could do well with this small thing, then more doors will open up. And so I think a lot of people miss the opportunity to become leaders to our, I guess, Webster's Dictionary version. Yeah. Uh, so what, is, let's let's define yeah, yeah. let's define yeah. leadership let's, let, yeah, for the audience, right?
0: What is leadership?
1: Yeah. So so as we define it with the Maxwell team is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not about position, not about title. Now this is opposite or counterculture because you know Webster's Dictionary defines it as a position, place, office, or title of leadership. Exactly. And it's none of the above. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's when it can be formalized, but at the end of the day. You are a leader because you are influencing somebody. Everybody's watching something that you do. That's true. Everybody's watching something. So we have to realize we are leaders. It just may not be in a formal sense.
0: That's really true, man. Yeah, I mean, I remember when uh, one of the first things I remember reading about influence, I believe it was from John and uh, one of his books. I'm going to forget which one it was. But I remember him quoting some sort of a statistic about how even if you were a hermit in this earth, and you really tried to be isolated, you would still influence several thousand people in your lifetime just because of your presence being in the planet. Right, yeah. So, you know, it's being intentional with the influence you produce and the actions you produce of yourself and how it affects others,
1: right. right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and and I think the next question to ask that's probably on my listeners' <laughs> minds is,
1: can anyone be a leader? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone can be a leader and everyone is a leader. But again, it's a matter of stepping into it, recognizing it, and knowing that you have influence and impact on people's lives. So even if you never have a position in your life, even if you never have a title in your life, you have influenced and impacted somebody. You know, think about it. You know, inside of any organization, any organization, um, you know, a negative rumor goes through the organization. You know, you come in one day and then there's just rumors flying everywhere. You know, chances are that rumor, the president of that company didn't wake up and say, you know what? This morning I'm going to come in and I want to spread a negative rumor <laughs> inside my company <laughs> so that I can cause divide, right? Right. That, that doesn't happen. But where did that rumor start? Probably somewhere in the middle line, the front line. You know, what is that? That's influence in the negative. So if you can influence in the negative, surely you can influence in the positive. So no matter what your position of title is, in the current role that you have, you're influencing people above you, beside you, and below you. And and you have to be aware of that.
0: Yeah. I'd like to extend for our listeners the idea of organizations, right? Because when Chris says organization, you guys have probably all keyed into the idea of some sort of a business setting, mm-hmm. uh, but the reality of it is families right. are organizations,
1: <laughs> right? Yes, right? Yes. We all come from
0: families, <laughs> right. so when we say things like, well, we don't all necessarily hold positions or titles, it's really not true. You were born into a mm-hmm. position or a title. You were a son, you were a daughter, mm-hmm. you were a sister, you were a brother, right. right? Now maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a dad, right. and that's the yeah. most important thing most yeah. difficult leadership job right. on the planet <laughs> <It> <laughs> influencing <is. laughs> your children in the direction that yeah. they should be going yeah right so all of us are leaders in some capacity shape or form i like right. to say um, everyone has the capacity to lead but very few of us lead to our full capacity oh, come right. on somebody <laughs> <laughs> right all of us have the capacity right. to lead but very few of us lead to our full capacity right. so there's all of us have this kernel of influence. Yeah. What we do with it is truly right. up to us. So right. let's expand on the idea of influence for our audience a little bit. Right. When, yeah. we, when we talk about influence and we're talking about, um, let's say, influencing human action, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. In other words, uh, let's use the parenting example okay. since that resonates yeah. with many, many of us, right? right. Yep. Um, I have a child who is doing something that is... Not good for them. Right, yeah. Right? I need to influence them to stop doing that. Right, yeah. There are several ways I can do that. Right, yeah. And it would display the level of leadership that I operate at. Right. Depending on how I decide to proceed. Right, yeah. If I operate on the lowest level of leadership, I'm going to use some sort of fear-based tactic. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. To get them to stop. That's correct. Right? So how many leaders do you estimate are still functioning even an organizational level,
1: yeah, in a fear-based way. Wow, to say a, to put a number of percentage to it, I'd say it's still pretty high. I'd yeah. probably go eighty-five, ninety percent. Wow. wow, everybody in the audience is going. I'm glad he said that because <laughs> I got this boss right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. Well, because that's I, I think that was the culture that came before the time that we're at right now. I think the uh, baby boomers and and that group, you know, that came from a formal background of hey you do these certain things you go to work you don't have to like your work this is what you do you go to school you get a job you go through these motions and you retire Um now i think that shift and, and not that it wasn't a people first uh, mentality you know before but now it's really got to be people first you know and, and, but i still think because there's still remnants of that of what we grew up with and yeah and what was there it's still there, a fear-based. Hey, if you don't do this, you're not going to get that position. If you don't do this, you're going to get fired. If you don't produce these numbers, you're going to be out of here in the next 90 days. It doesn't work. It's short-term. Yeah. It's a shortcut.
0: It is a shortcut. And uh, let's talk about the next shortcut then. Because mm-hmm. what naturally occurs mm-hmm. in leaders, whether they be parents Mm-hmm. Or, you know, leaders of managers at companies or businesses right. or even nonprofits. It right. doesn't really matter. Leadership is leadership, right? right. Yep. And like our friend says, everything rises and falls right. Right. on leadership. What happens is when we move out of the fear base, we realize it doesn't work or we mm-hmm. want to just transform the way we respond right, mm-hmm. to people sure. and we want to do something better. Right. We move to 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. Which is usually incentive-based leadership. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's when we start <laughs> trading, right? Yeah. right? Incentives for what we want them to do. So we try to influence actions of others by offering incentives for them to do better. So in a parenting situation, it can get pretty hairy pretty fast, and we've seen people fall in this trap. Right? Maybe we were caught up in it when we were kids, and our parents were were stuck pressing another easy button, but it's a different one because it's slightly more positive. Unfortunately, it doesn't produce the exact result we want. So if we go to Junior and he's you know ripping up the carpet. And we say, hey, uh, I'll give you a treat if you stop ripping up the carpet. Right, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've just created what inside <laughs> right, of Junior? Right, yeah. Right? We well, created that one, and then Junior now saying, well, what – After a certain point in time, he says, well, what kind of treat? Yeah.
0: Yeah. When he's doing poorly, he's expecting a treat, right? Right. It has lots of consequences beyond the actual time frame that we're using it, but we're not seeing long
1: term. So
0: talk a little about how incentives are used in your estimation and how they can either help or hinder someone's leadership ability.
1: Yeah. So incentives are good. I I like incentives because they're going to direct behavior in the short term. What happens is that over time people become desensitized to these incentives. It becomes just the other thing. It becomes an expectation. I mean, I we took this, I was with an organization that grew from 18 employees to over 800 before I left, and wow. we we desensitized people. Uh, it was a bubble that we lived in, of people were overpaid, and we over-incentivized. And at one point, we were actually giving away cars for sales competition with an S. And I remember where I realized the desensitization was we went from giving away a couple TVs to cash to ATVs to pinball machines to vacations. And we just finally worked our way up to giving away cars, two of them, you know, for like a six month time period. And then the next six month period we gave away one and the group says, you guys are only giving away one car this time. (laughs) And there was, there was like, literally, I realized at that very moment, I can remember standing in front of the stage, looking at these people's disappointment because we were only giving away one. And I thought, oh my goodness, we've gone too far. Yeah. This doesn't work.
0: It doesn't it's, work. It's a fine line <laughs> when we start to create the expectation of entitlement, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I'm entitled to the reward because I did my work. Right. Is that really the culture we want to produce in mm-hmm. our families, right. in our own lives, for instance. Yeah. Some of us get caught in that trap even if we're dieting. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, I had a great week. Let's go have a chocolate <laughs> right. Sunday. Right. That makes no sense. <laughs> right. right. Right? Or I had a great week. Let's go buy a new fitness outfit. Right. Well, if you keep that up, you're yeah. going to be spending an awful lot of money on right. fitness outfits yeah. or Absolutely. whatever it is that you're incentivizing yourself Right. With. It can be a good short term. Yes. Motivator is yes. what we're saying. Yes. Absolutely. But it can't be the long term way to lead right. any organization or even yourself. Right. Right. That's correct. Because incentives really aren't how we operate. So that, that the ultimate gold level of leadership is really just influence. Right. But it's influence based on just who you are. Right. Yeah. It's when people will follow you because they trust you. Yep. They know that you have their best interests at heart. They know that the decisions you make are going to be Mm -hmm. timely and fair. They know that your vision is something that they want to support. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a dad Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're a CEO. Right. Or or if you're a small business owner. It doesn't matter. you got to have certain types of things Mm -hmm. to make you a great leader. So uh, let me ask you this question. Sure, sure. All right. Yeah. Here's the first question. I have a series of these around okay. being great leaders, okay? Because <laughs> right. I want them to I want to unfold this with you. So who are the three, let's say, most influential role models that you've had in your life? And yeah. why were they so influential in your life? Yeah,
1: so I'll go three. Uh go my parents. Yeah. Okay. My wife. And then my pastor for the past several years.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what makes them so influential in your life?
1: Uh, well, the first one was my parents was uh, because of their encouragement. You know, they you know, they just, I was fortunate to have just the most encouraging mom on the planet. I mean, it doesn't matter what I, I can call her right now and tell her, hey, look, you know, I, I want to take this next rocket ship to the moon. I need your help. And, you know, she, okay, what do, I, what do I need to do to help out? That's great, man. You know, and, uh, and then uh, from my father, you know, he displayed just this incredible work ethic. You know, one of the greatest gifts that he gave me, you know, he worked 30 years for General Motors, you know, uh, You know, labor, which I'm completely averse to, and uh, (laughs) I think some of us are. Yeah, I I just didn't get that. I didn't pick that up from. But uh, but what I did was the greatest gift he gave me was that I never have one recollection of him recalling or complaining about his job or his work.
0: And I mean, here's a guy
1: that would come home every single day. You know, he was a welder. You know, shirts tattered from the sparks. worked every single day. Didn't miss work at all. And I, ne- I have no recollection at all of him ever complaining about work. One of the greatest gifts I wow. ever had. That you know, is so awesome. Encouraging mom, uh, hardworking dad, just incredible people. Uh, my wife would be secondary. Yeah. Um, you, know, uh, you know, up until, gosh, my early 20s, you know, I grew up uh, playing sports. And so as an athlete, things were really kind of gifted to me mm-hmm. uh, in the aspect of I had this, you know, as long as I did well in sports, you know, everything else was taken care of. I mean, Things such as grades and things like that. I mean, I had a fifty-three C in algebra. You figure that equation out, um, you know. But it's because uh, I was close to a stolen base record, so we're just going to let you go ahead and go past. And, oh, wow! And things yeah. of that nature. And growing up in Oklahoma, baseball is is very, very big. It's high school; they treat you like you're a professional athlete. Wow! And um, so it's like football in Texas. It's right? like football in Texas. Okay. Same wow. thing. And um, you know, so I, I grew up with those things, and, and I had. Very troubled, not troubled, but I got heavy into drinking and alcohol and partying and this lifestyle. And by age 21, I had two DWIs, two really? DWIs by age 21. And um, at that point, I remember I was in a clubhouse uh, at a golf course with my girlfriend at the time, soon to be wife. And I remember that day, she asked me the most important question I've ever been asked in my life. The second, probably a second. But this the second question, is she says, can you imagine your life without alcohol in it? Wow! And in a drunken stupor, everything in this smoke filled room came completely clear, and we stopped drinking from that day forward and hadn't had a single drink, drop of alcohol. I Think probably fourteen, fifteen years. Wow! I don't even count it. I just know that I don't do that. Yeah. And uh, she's had an incredible impact and influence on my life. Uh, wow! Over that time, and of course, I'm a pastor of fifteen years. And, um, you know, he introduced me to personal growth and development. Oh, excellent. Okay, It was through uh, the church where I learned about uh, John Maxwell, the 21 Laws of Leadership. That's where Mm -hmm. I got plugged into personal growth and development, listening to different speakers and reading books. And so uh, those three, I have to say, had the greatest impact in my life up until this point.
0: You know what's uh, itching my ear, and I'm sure the ears of our (laughs) listeners now, is then what was the number one most important question that you were ever (laughs) asked? If that was number two, what was number one? Right, right.
1: Number one would be, would you like to come to church? (laughs) Oh, wow. So church changed your life. Church changed my life. Being in a community of faith and and having
0: people all moving forward together, it changed your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: beautiful, man. (laughs) That's beautiful. I mean, for... For a lot of people, it doesn't always work out that way. Right, so it's really good yeah. to hear good stories yeah, yeah. You know, about people's life changing right. uh, in those environments. That's yeah, wonderful, man. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's the three most influential people in your life. Yeah. And what I want to point out to my listeners mm-hmm. uh, is what passed by you right there were three very ordinary yeah. things, three very ordinary people or categories of people, right? My parents, my spouse, mm-hmm. my pastor, people that aren't, you know... Nationally known, don't have 10, 12, 40 published books. Right, yeah. Right? (laughs) Uh, Not somebody that's going to, you know, blow past you and make, you know, billions of dollars. Right. It's not about that. It's about influence. That's correct. And it's about how they shape and mold you and who you allow to shape and mold you is even more important, right? Absolutely. Who we allow to do that work of influence in our lives. So, I mean... You know, We were born with parents, and yep. some of us didn't get the, the awesome job that your parents <laughs> right, did. Bravo yeah. to them, by right. the way. I just got to say, before we move on, uh, if you read anything about Chris online, uh, and if you get to know him in person, what you're going to find out is that he is that hardworking guy. He is, he is a hustler, man. Yeah. He, he works, yeah. you know? He's got that ethic, and he puts his nose to the grindstone every day, and it's a really admirable quality, and it's something that shines through you. I mean, you admire it in your dad. It's obvious because it's something that we all admire in you.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and we get to choose our spouse and the person that we spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And some people... Um, you know, it's possible to screw that decision up. Yeah, yeah. I'm I was saying. close. I was close. <laughs> I was real close, close Jeremy. <laughs>
1: well, I mean,
0: you know, some of us can screw that up. You know, I'm not saying that it can't be salvaged. Right, you know, right, you come to me for right. that, everybody. You can come to me. I'll try to salvage it for you. But I'm not saying it can't be salvaged, but I'm saying that sometimes we do make poor decisions yeah. with people that we allow to influence us yeah. at that deepest level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's good to hear that what we have when we when we ask a question like who are the three most influential people mm-hmm. in a, a leadership expert's life <laughs> right. is parents, spouse, pastor, pastor right. people that we see all the time, yeah. weekly, daily, all the time. So I just want that to resonate with you guys before we move on and point it out to you because I want you to hear that you are a leader. It doesn't right. matter yeah. where you are. That's correct. You're influencing someone. Someone's looking up to you. That's correct. And you're looking up to someone else. It's just the way we live life. It's
1: yep. role model stuff. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely.
0: I often like to say we don't need better uh, information. And we don't need more of it. We right. got money. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> right? uh, what we do need, though, is better models of mm-hmm. information. That's correct. Right? Yep. We need better models of it. So living it is becoming much more important than just knowing about it. Right. Right. Yeah. We live in an information age. Information is flooding us mm-hmm. at, at a constant speed, right. uh, a rate that we cannot keep up with. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, right. that that's a big difference from what it was in the past. Uh, I was speaking with uh, one of my good friends, as a doctor, and you know, the, one of the things that he said was that the greatest thing that we have to deal with now, it used to be where. Access to information was the secret to success. You know, being able to have access to the information. Yeah. Now, we all have access to it. Now it's about filtering the information we have access to. Yep. And, and we've got to do that. So Discernment. Yeah, we've got to get through becomes it. becomes a
0: very interesting exercise, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. You know, uh, to continue on figuring out this level of influence that mm-hmm. we all want to really live at and where we really want yeah. to succeed at in mm-hmm. our lives, right? Um, a question came to me last night I was thinking about our interview And I was thinking You know Our world just keeps changing mm-hmm. It's never going to stop changing In fact We're probably in the a period Of most rapid growth That we've ever had in humanity Right, right? Uh, So what are the traits That you perceive Will be needed For successful leaders In this 21st century
1: Right Yeah I, I think some of the traits that, that I think will be needed Moving forward are, are the traits That have always been there But actually done there you go. You know, I mean it's <laughs> I don't I don't think that it's anything new or that you haven't heard. You know, it's gonna be being flexible it's going to be being open to change and being not having a way but multiple ways to think of things to get things done Yeah, uh, not just a right or wrong you know it's just okay there, there's multiple different ways to do things and at the end of the day I think people are going to remain people so how about this here's a novel idea <laughs> why don't we treat people like people mm, in leadership isn't that a novel idea <laughs> how you mean we should, we should know their names <laughs> right right you know know what they're trying to achieve mm. know what they want you know how let, let's treat people like people and we're going to get a whole lot further so when it boils down to it john talks about this in many of his books but there's three questions that all followers ask and, and if you don't get anything today you need to get this and there's three questions that all followers ask you know number one is can i trust you mm-hmm. number two can you help me number three do you care for me can i trust you can you help me and do you care for me? Mm, that's and, good, man. Those three things. If, think about this. If, if you can get a resounding yes to those three questions, you're going to have people follow you. You think about any relationship, any company that you've ever left, one or more of those three were violated. You left the mm, relationship. Very true. You couldn't trust them. They didn't care for you. They mm-hmm. couldn't help you. You left the job. You didn't trust them. <laughs> they didn't care for you. <laughs> they couldn't help you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So if you can get a resounding yes to those, those three, three questions, yeah. for your kids, for your spouse, for your employees, whatever the case may be, you're going to get solid followers. So I don't think there's anything new that we're going to need. I think it's going to be taking action on what's already there. Let's treat people like people. Yes. So
0: important, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people making all the time, mm-hmm. whether it be in their own lives uh, in their organizational lives and their leadership lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really doesn't matter. At all levels of, of everyone's life, we can so easily forget that people are people. Right. And we can easily objectify them. Yeah. Right? So. Besides that, being the number one, and it is number one right, by yeah. far, everybody listening, right, it is yeah. number one. <laughs> and number if you're one. having trouble influencing any, any person in your life, your children, your spouse, uh, your friends, your family, your loved ones, your co-workers, whatever it is, look inside yourself and wonder and ask, have I objectified this person? Mm-hmm. If I've made them an it Instead of a person, right. I will lose influence quickly. Absolutely. Right? So beside that being the number one, and mm-hmm. believe me, it is number one. Right. What are some of the other big mistakes you see leaders making all the time?
1: Yeah. Big mistake is uh, trying to be someone they're not. Okay, so be fake. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. just, I hear you. You know, bottom yeah. line is is they move into this position and now they believe they have to become somebody that they're not. Mm. They have a perception in their mind that this new position or this new role is about something else. You know, you become a new parent, now you got to behave this way. You become a new supervisor, now you got to behave this way. Right. And they're not true to themselves, and they have this internal conflict because they think the expectation of management is behave this way or rule with the iron fist, and it's really not. They're just saying get the job done. We don't care how you get the job done, but yet they just act some way that they're not. You know? So yeah. that's the that's number one mistake I that's see. That's a really good one, yeah. and I'm
0: sure it resonates with some of our listeners, for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so you know when we objectify others and when we're not true to ourselves... Then it's you know it's really difficult to lead yourself even yeah right and I believe <laughs> right. it was uh, maybe Jim Rohn uh, mm-hmm. who said that the toughest job of any leader is to lead himself right
1: yeah yeah we gotta start there first question every leader's gotta ask is would i follow me (laughs) (laughs) right
0: would i even follow (laughs) me right yeah and if you're being fake or you're posing uh or you're trying to live up to the expectation that you believe your position or your title holds then you're already out of alignment with what it really means to influence someone. right yeah right yeah because influence is more than just you know what we're telling you to do it's who you are it's how you show up in any situation When you're relaxed and you're true to yourself, people are going to be naturally attracted to what you have to say.
1: Right, absolutely. Right?
0: Absolutely. So, uh, wow. Well, we got a lot lot of ground cover here, my friend. (laughs) We did a lot of good things. So, um, while we're talking globally, you know, let's talk about the fact that we are going to have the projections in 2050. Mm -hmm. Nine billion people. Right, yeah. That we're going to be sharing the planet with in 2050. Uh, unfortunately, though, leaders <laughs> are in short supply.
1: Right, yeah. Why are we in
0: this leadership crisis?
1: Gosh, that's a tough question, Jerry. That's a great question. You know, I, I think it really boils down to, number one, it's, it's not being... us having a misinterpretation of what leadership is. Mm-hmm. So number misdefinition. One, misdefinition. Uh, number two, I think that there's more independence coming... You know, from you know, people in a whole the the whole philosophy of follow these one path, you know, mm-hmm. or follow a path is becoming a bit more scattered. You know, so now you know you look at guys like you and I, you know, and you know it's like, what do I do? It's really made up. You know, I've I've kind of created this path for myself as a speaker, coach, and trainer, and I think there's more paths going that way with more work at home opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, more ways for us to isolate and really work for ourselves. Right. And so it doesn't allow for people to, I guess, go into that format of traditional leadership roles uh, as it would grow naturally, whereas you have to kind of find your way and navigate it differently. Um, So I think those are two things, but the crisis itself, you know, that's a tough thing to say. I I think it really just boils down to individuals, maybe lack of passion, maybe lack of growth-minded environments that they're around. It could be attributed to a number of different things. I don't think there's one thing to point at uh, hmm. just look at the overall crisis yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, I mean there's a lot of reasons why crises exist, right I mean they are what uh, what did, what did uh, JFK call them dangerous opportunities right yeah, uh, double meaning The danger, danger is there because. Right of the crisis itself, but the opportunity is there for mm-hmm. something new to emerge.
1: Right, let yeah. me ask you this question.
0: Okay, I sure. I give a keynote, I give a talk, mm-hmm. um, and I would like to give it much more often, so mm-hmm. if anybody's listening, <laughs> let me know. Um, I give a talk called Why We Need More Women to Lead.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great right? one.
0: Because they represent 51% of the population. They're coming, Jeremy. Yet they're <laughs> seriously underrepresented in leadership roles, they are. right? Um, especially in business and government. Right. What do you perceive are some of the unique characteristics that set women apart from men in the leadership space naturally?
1: Naturally, just their intuitiveness. Mm-hmm. Their natural intuitiveness, um, their intuition is much greater than I think men's you know, overall. And so they naturally pick up on people's emotions, feelings, and things like that a whole lot quicker. Um, I, I don't think that it's going to be too long before women tip the scale to going more into these roles, you know, as and I know that that's coming for a fact because when I go out to speak at events, majority of the people in the crowd are women seeking out growth, development, and I know that as a personal growth junkie, I know mm-hmm. that's just a seed germinating there. And as all these women across the U.S., across the world that I'm seeing at these events, that's just a matter of time before that tips the scales inside the leadership space. Yeah. I mean, it is it is coming. It is coming. It is coming. I hope so. Because, <laughs> you know,
0: I think part of the crisis is that we've ignored half the brain, mm-hmm. right, of humanity. Mm-hmm. When we're only using one half of our brain, which is the masculine brain, sure, then we're missing the feminine brain, and boy, uh-huh. does it have a lot to offer. Yeah, you know, oh yeah. I mean, like you said, intuitiveness is huge. Yeah, um, women are great enhancers. Yeah, they are able to take things and quickly make them better. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, much quicker than I can. I mean, yep. sometimes I I stare at an idea long enough and I'll come right. up with something new. <laughs> something. You know, um, thank God for that creativity, right? <laughs> But I mean, sometimes I'm around uh, women that I just am in awe of how quickly they respond to enhancing something and making it better. It's just a fascinating thing. I think it's something that we should all keep our eyes out for. Hopefully, (laughs) uh, a little nod to all the women listening today. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, Because the reality of it is, there's so much more that women offer uh, that we are ignoring, especially Mm -hmm. in the leadership space. And uh, quite uh, ironically, uh, if I were to pull a book off of my shelf here, Mm -hmm. uh, a leadership book, um, I could probably look at the chapter headings and it would be all of the things that women naturally do.
1: do. Right, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. We're right, trying to teach us men <laughs> right. how to be more <laughs> feminine <laughs> right. in
0: leadership roles because they're more connected <laughs> right. and they're yeah. more grounded in, like you said, right. in humanity. Right. So they feel more. Yeah. And we need to up our game, men, and, and understand that from the head to the heart is where we need to connect if we're going to be great influencers. Yeah of our time, Absolutely,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah. If, if there's a crisis, that's not one I'm worried about because I see where that one's going yeah <laughs> absolutely they're coming. They're, they're coming in droves <laughs> oh
0: my goodness that's a that's a wonderful thing to hear actually i hope that everyone's paying attention to what he's saying because it's a good thing yeah. that we're seeing some change across our nation in that in that regard because yeah. we hear often lots of bad news but we don't often hear the good stuff and right? this guy is yeah. nose to the grindstone he's in the organizations he's been embedded he knows what's going on so it's good to hear yeah it's coming yeah man um a couple more questions for you before we yeah. wrap up Absolutely. You know um, a leader is a reader. We've heard mm-hmm. that before, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite books that have helped you with your personal growth that you like to recommend the most?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> can't give you How many do you need? <laughs> just a few. Just like top few. three. We'll okay. do three. Top yeah. three. Uh, Twenty one laws of growth. Twenty one laws of leadership.
0: Yes. Twenty one laws of leadership. Uh, uh, John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Yes, Gotta sir.
1: have that one. That's foundational for leadership. Uh, Twelve pillars by Jim Rohn. Okay. Yes, beautiful book. That's going to be a phenomenal book. If you're just getting started in personal growth and development or you're saying, what is this personal development stuff? This book is going to get your appetite wet for personal growth and development. A uh, great book there. Uh, another, and these are books I read every single year. So I read The 21 Laws every single year.
0: Great.
1: Uh, I read um, 12 Pillars every single year. Yeah. Uh, the Greatest Salesman in the World by Mandino. Yeah. Uh, I read that one every single year. Oh. You guys, that is such a great book.
0: It's so tiny. So when you get yeah. a copy, make sure you get the paper back because yeah. it's good to have it in your hand. But it's so tiny. And when you're reading yeah. it, you're thinking, there can't be that much back.
1: <laughs> but there's so much so in much, that book. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are great suggestions. Yeah. I love yeah. how you
0: say you read them every year. I think yeah. too often we let things float in, float out. We may even mm-hmm. take notes. Uh, but it's the application yeah. of information that makes us better people. It helps us grow. Yep. Personal growth is not reading. Reading is not guarantee personal growth or right. maturity. Yep. Uh, maturity is guaranteed when we apply what we right. learn yeah. and we exercise it and we work at it. Uh, so I love those suggestions. Those are yeah. great books, yeah. man. Yeah, great the only books. book I reread every year without fail is The Alchemist. Okay. Yeah. By Paulo Coelho. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful book. Uh, <laughs> just it's one of those books that it'll it reawakens the whole reason you're doing what you're doing. Right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. You're on a journey. You're on a quest. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, um,
1: Can we talk, let me touch on that one a little bit here. Cause yeah. I, I know a lot of people pass over, you know, the reading aspect, you know, when it comes down to personal growth, they kind of glaze it over. Okay. And, um, and I, and I want to spend some time on this. And I, even when I'm in, and, and it's so simple, like I even had somebody send a presentation back to me, um, and say, hey, could you talk about a little bit something more in depth? Because the, one of the pre- points in the presentation for people to grow themselves is read. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> the guy was like, well, these are seasoned, you know, people. uh, Is could you be a little bit more? Uh, could you give us something a little? I'm like, look, I I like to put the cookies on the low shelf. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Right. And and the reason that I talk about reading is because I. I have to get this point across. I was sitting at lunch with a billionaire, a billionaire with a B, yes. a billionaire. A billionaire,
0: Billionaire. Billionaire
1: yes. uh, from Australia. And this was a day I was at a luncheon, and it was, this was a stacked table. So I had, this is Peter Daniels, Australian billionaire. I had uh Nius Williams at the table. Okay. I had uh Daryl Strawberry was at the table. Wow. You know, I was I was in good company. These guys were ready. <laughs> Just a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were, you know, asking great questions and so it came up to my turn and they said, you know, you know, Mr. Daniels turned to me and says, Well, Chris, do you have any questions that I can answer for you? I said, Yes. I said, you know, what would be the one thing that would make the greatest impact on my life that I can start doing today? If you could say one thing that had the greatest impact on your life, what would it be? And he replied without any hesitation. He said, read. Yep. Now, like many of you, when we talked about these books, you may say, oh, okay, yeah, I heard those books before. Oh, yeah, read. I, I, I read. I can read. Guys, look, it, it's about reading And what he explained to me that day was he says, Chris, he says, I attribute my billions of dollars to reading over 5,000 books in my lifetime. Wow. He says, when you read and you read biographies and you read things of this nature, what you're doing is you're building up a vocabulary in your mind of overcoming insurmountable odds. It goes in, you're exposing yourself to thoughts and ideas that are brand new. And he says, you'll never lack ideas if you're a consistent reader. And, you know, for me, you know, I took that seriously, even though I was still looking for, you know, what what really is it? (laughs) You know, it was it was read. And so I don't want to just glaze over reading because it is so important that we do that. So getting started reading. okay? so not only just reading, but watching biographies, um, listening to audio books, you know, whatever you can to get more information inside of you to build up that vocabulary, because life's coming at you. And you need to be prepared for it. Wow,
0: that's an excellent point, mm-hmm. my friend. I'm glad you decided yeah. to, to <laughs> hang up on this. No, because it reminded me of uh, a time I saw uh, Darren Hardy speak. You know who Darren is? Yeah, I do. A success magazine editor, mm-hmm. um, genius business guy. And he was speaking at Brendan Burchard's Experts Academy. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I got to hear him spout off a statistic that I hope is not true still, but yeah. it was then. Yeah. And I'm sure it probably still is. That only five percent of Americans read more than one book a year, yeah. Yeah, only five percent of Americans read more than one book a year. And if and what, and that's not giving us a statistic on what that one book is Is probably a fiction (laughs) novel, (laughs) right? Right? That I mean, it might have been a a nice story, but it didn't move you forward. I've sort of been of the opinion you can. Tell by my yeah, shelf yeah. Uh, that I've got several shelves here behind yeah, uh, Chris yeah. while we're talking. Oh, I've got books everywhere. Um, I don't have time on this planet just to read stories. Right. I need to fill my mind with how mm-hmm. to get an edge right. in living right? yeah, and being absolutely. better and becoming more of who I really am. So right. I need to know what people you know, thought 100 years ago, 200, 300, right. yeah. 1,000 years ago. Because uh, humanity is evolving, changing, yeah. and growing. But at the same time, there were some things that we just missed. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right?
0: We misapplied or we just right. ignored. Yep. And there are plenty of great thinkers out there. And if you don't stretch out and start using what's available to you, I mean, yeah. look, we have no excuses. No, no,
1: 2015,
0: you can get, uh, a, a, like someone's body of work i just bought wallace waddles mm-hmm. body of work nine mm-hmm. books for mm. 99 cents, cents right, on yeah. the kindle <laughs> right by the way that stuff will change your life wallace <laughs> right. d waddles oh, look yeah. it up okay <laughs> uh new you know new century thinkers right at the turn of the century right. 1900 right. there were several thinkers man right. they were all over scattered but they were saying the exact same, the same things thing. right. we would never have known that unless we started reading what they right. say yeah. and putting it together yeah it's a beautiful point and one that I'm glad you didn't pass up yeah. on because uh, it's never, really important that everyone <laughs> knows you must read right. to expand yourself and your identity and what you're capable of because it helps you grow and contribute yeah. more to the to the world around you
1: yeah I mean it's like you know I was with dinner with a couple of friends you know uh, a couple of weeks ago and they're like Chris you know how did how are you doing what you're doing today you know you're not doing a a, a traditional job you know and you're how are you doing this? I'd simply show them a picture of my bookcase. Yeah. I mean, th- this, is, this is how I'm doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. Over the past two and a half, three years, I've read over 300 plus books, yep. you know, if not more. You know, I stopped counting. I just read every single day. Yep, me too. And uh, it, it's so important, and it will make the greatest difference in your life. Read. It truly,
0: truly will. Read. <laughs> wow, man. That's, that's a great point. So with that being said,
1: um, what's your favorite leadership quote? favorite leadership quote. Gosh, man, there's <laughs> I know. I know right, there's right. a lot of them, right? right I know. Right. What are you go to? What's, what's your go to? My go to. You know, I I have to call one of mine, you know, which is simple. It's not that you can't, it's that you won't. Yeah. <laughs> but the choice is yours.
0: <laughs> really great point and one that we yeah. hammer on the show a lot. Right. <laughs> you have a decision to make. The yeah. power of choice is always yours. Yeah. How you respond um, how you show up, right. who you become, it's your choice. Right, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. your life becomes is truly up to you. Right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: love Not it. Not that you can't, <laughs> it's that you won't. <laughs> oh, yeah. All
0: right, man, so we're going to uh, come into the close here. Yeah. Here's what I want to do. Okay. I want to end our interview with some rapid-fire fill-in-the-blanks. Okay, great. I don't want you to think too hard, <laughs> all right?
1: Okay, here we go.
0: I just want you to fill in the blanks, and then we're going to have a little fun. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Nothing makes me matter
1: than when I see leaders treat people improperly. Oh, yeah. that irritates me. Oh, you don't treat people like people, man. Yeah. <laughs> that fires me up. Yeah. You need demeaning. <laughs> they're, yep, They're people. You. They're people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. It just yeah, fires it's up. Yeah,
0: it's um, The single most indispensable quality of any leader is? Lead by example. Mm. Excellent. Oh, What a great answer that was. Y'all better sit for a second on that. Lead by example. The hardest job of every leader is? Lead themselves first. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The thing I want to most contribute to the world is? Changing
1: lives by speaking. Changing lives by speaking.
0: You want to give them something that helps them transform their mind. Right,
1: absolutely. Okay. I want you to go further, faster, you know, by something I said or done, you know, throughout my talks and through my body of work. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, uh, <laughs> I got a couple more. These I are going to get tougher. Up. Are okay, you ready? Okay. <laughs> this is pretty fun. I like this. This is this fun. Is, yeah, yeah is the fill the blank right. 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 I like this. <laughs> uh,
0: one thing I wish everyone knew about leadership is...
1: Everyone can do it. Everyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's something you can develop.
1: It's not just yeah, something. It's learnable. With. You know, it's we learn it one of two ways. We watch somebody that does it. We say, Hey, I don't want to do it that way and hey, I want to do it that way, and then we kinda meld our style and this is learnable. You can learn how to lead.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I'm gonna give you this last one. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna set it up. For you. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, one of my mentors like to use the phrase, die empty right he wants to die empty right. he did die by the way um and he was only 60 he had published over 40 books mm-hmm. um he was a globe traveler <laughs> right.
1: you know he <laughs>
0: had his mission and he was on it and boy did he live well right you know he really did by all standards raised two beautiful children yes. uh, had a great marriage wow um it just he was a beautiful man but he always talked about dying empty mm-hmm. right The idea of dying empty. And the reason why he was able to say that is because he knew that what he wanted people to say about him at the end Uh, of his life, right? So, (laughs) at the end of my life, I will know that I've run my race well and I've died empty because...
1: Wow, wow. So you're you're asking for the final sentence. You know, what's funny about this is that I actually have this uh, written down. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. This, this was unprepared for. I didn't know Jerry was gonna ask me this question, but this is a question that this is a statement that I carry with me. And you know, at the end of the day, if I have one sentence I want about me at my death, I want it to be this. Chris changed the direction of my life for the better by the message that he taught and the life that he lived. Mm. Wow. Great answer, my friend.
0: Wow. That was unprepared for everyone. He did not know I was going to ask him that or make him fill that blank in, but he pulled out his phone he had it ready to go. I'm telling you, it's on his phone. It reminds yeah. him every day. Let that be a lesson. Seriously, let that be a lesson yeah. to you. We have to know the outcome we want. Yeah. If we're going to be focused enough to provide the discipline in ourselves to achieve what we want. Absolutely. We've got to have the outcome that we want in our minds and know where we're headed. There you go. Man, Chris, thank you so much, <laughs> Thanks man. Thanks having me, man. <laughs> what an awesome time we had. Thank you uh, for coming and, and giving of yourself and letting people know, you know, everything about, you know, yeah. leadership and how they can be better leaders. Where can people get in touch with yeah. more of what you do?
1: Yeah, so you can find me at liftmylid.com. That's L-I-F-T-M-Y-L-I-D, liftmylid.com.
0: Awesome. So, guys, go over there and get some of Chris's stuff. Uh, You're going to enjoy it very much. Friend, thank you again for coming. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to JeremyFlag.com where you'll find lots of free resources. And for more information about my guest, Chris Robinson, you can head over to liftmylid.com where you'll have the opportunity to learn all about him. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store and don't forget to share the love with all your friends on social media. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag createyou. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on Create You. And be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be talking about the truth about how powerful you really are and the lie that keeps you from creating the life you really want. It's sure to be a life-changing discussion and one I hope you'll join me for. Until then, this has been Jeremy Flagg reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you.